Hey guys, welcome back to the Happy, Healthy, and Hungry podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about two different topics today, and we're going to get a little sciencey. The first topic is going to be ways that you can improve your immune function, and this includes like foods and whatever. We'll get into it a little bit later. Um, ways to improve your immune system and immune function, and going along with that, ways to improve your sleep. Of course, we all know that improving our sleep and sleeping better and um, longer and more efficiently will help with our immune system as well. So I figured those two topics kind of went together and I did do some research about it. I went through my school's library website thing to find some um, good articles that wouldn't be biased or as biased, I guess, um, to try and find more scientific articles, and I did find a book related to the whole sleep topic, so I figured I'll give that to you guys now. The book is called Sense or Sleep Sense, Improve Your Sleep, Improve Your Health. It's by Lederly, not sure if I said that right, Katharina, Denny, and David, and it was um, published in 2018. So if you guys need help finding the book, obviously I have access to the book right now through my school's library website, which the majority of you guys don't have. So if you have any questions about exactly what the book is, if you're interested in reading it or, you know, finding it for yourself, um, I just go ahead and message me and I can give you more accurate information about the book if that wasn't enough for you to be able to find it. So before we get into that, however, I'm going to give you guys a little update on what's been happening in my life. And so yeah, this last week, obviously we did online school. So far, all is going well. Um, Definitely has been a test of my ability to force myself to do homework when I don't actually have to go to school and I definitely, not gonna lie, have put some things off that I shouldn't be putting off. I know I talked about it. Gotta be disciplined and do stuff when you write it down, but I definitely, I've done it with a lot of stuff. I've done it when I have written down that I needed to do it, but there have been some stuff that I've pushed off to the next day um, just because it wasn't due and I didn't feel like doing it that day. So it has been difficult to keep myself motivated, but ultimately just have to keep developing a routine around it and not letting myself slack off, which has been difficult. Um, But also I've been really enjoying working out at home, which I didn't think I would really enjoy it that much because I have a hard time pushing myself if there aren't other people around me like to push me. And so I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job. Obviously, I'm probably not getting as good of workouts in or pushing myself as hard as I would if I was at an actual gym. But I I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job of, you know, pushing myself more than I typically would at home. Um, And it's been helpful that for the most part, it's been decently nice weather. Um, We've had a handful of overcast days. But the temperature has still been pretty high. Like today, it's pretty overcast, but it's 56 out. So it's still like manageable to go outside and do a workout outside 
and so doing them doing the workouts outside has been really helpful it's been nice to get outside and all that kind of stuff and so yeah I'm still developing my routine I'm still you know trying to figure it out as many of you guys probably are as well but we're slowly but surely getting there so to go ahead and just get into the episode first I'm going to talk about um ways to boost your immune system and while this is important now it's also something that's important for our life in general and not just at this time like it's always important to have a good immune system it's always important to prioritize having a good immune system Um, even once you know all this is over with and the quarantine and all that stuff is done traveling reduces your you know can get you sick pretty easily and You know, just there's so many things that we would want a good immune system for in general in life. And so I had a a pretty good time looking up different articles and reading about all this stuff. Um, I will go ahead and put in the show notes the articles that I found. And again, I'll put the book, the book, um, what the book is that I got about sleep. And so, yeah. Um, the first article is called, I think it's just called Recharge Your Immune System. And it talks about just overall things to boost your immune system. It's kind of a more broad um, article and it is probably all stuff that you guys would already know, but I'll just go ahead and reiterate it. Um, the first couple things it talks about are vitamins and two specific vitamins it mentions are vitamin C and vitamin D, which we both kind of know, um, plays a role in our immune system. And so, yeah, just making sure you're getting adequate vitamin C. Um, most of us do, but vitamin C is a water soluble vitamin. So getting too much, you'll just pee it out so it's not going to harm you to get too much but at the same time like we the majority of people probably get enough vitamin c especially if you're paying attention to how much vitamin c you're getting and then vitamin d obviously we can get that from the sun and if you don't get it from the sun you can get a supplement but the majority of us get enough vitamin d just from being outside so go for a walk outside that kind of stuff that will help um Make sure you're getting enough vitamin D. I would say that's the best thing to do is just go spend a little bit of time outside, which I think the majority of us want to do anyways, just to get out of our house. And then it goes into talking about some other healthy ways to boost your immunity. And it talks about reducing your stress and along with reducing your stress, um, it talks about meditating, which is just being mindful, sitting down, taking the time to be mindful. Um, And it says in the article that it has been found that mindfulness meditation has been associated with positive changes in several immune-related biomarkers, including the reduction of the inflammation marker CRP, which, um, if you don't know, your immune system um, is very tightly... Um, intertwined with inflammation and 
So by reducing inflammation within your body, that does improve your immune system. And I think one of the other articles I found does talk about that a little bit. And um, another thing it mentions in this article is get more sleep, which, like I said, we all pretty much know if you get better sleep and are more well-rested, your body's going to be functioning at a higher level in general, which then includes your immune system. And then lastly, what this article talks about is moving your body and that moderate levels of exercise has been proven to have a good effect on not only your immune system, but reducing your stress um, and increasing your sleep, which then of course improves your immune system. So um, one thing it really harps on in this article is getting the right amount of exercise. And I think that the majority of us, if we just go exercise once a day, every day, we'll, we'll be fine. But getting enough exercise includes not only um, not exercising too little, but also exercising too much can be harmful as well. Like I said, I don't think very many of us are going to be overtraining ourselves and overworking ourselves in the... Um, you know, exercise department, just because, you know, you'd have to be doing a lot to really overwork yourself. But if you think about it, like when you've done so much um, exercise and all that kind of stuff, and you just feel so run down, that's compromising your immune system. So just making sure you get some exercise every day, doing one workout, even two workouts a day, as long as they're not like extensively long, extensively difficult two workouts a day, you should be fine. You shouldn't be overworking yourself. But um, it comes down to just listening to your body, making sure that you're not exercising to the point of complete exhaustion, but also that you're at least getting some sort of exercise in every day. Going for a walk, like I said, Um, It talks about in the article, going on a 20-minute walk each day, um, joining an exercise class, which obviously we can't do that right now, but um, yeah, just 20 minutes is enough, and a 20-minute walk is enough, so that is what this article mainly talks about. It's, like I said, pretty brief. Um, All things that we should know or the majority of us already do know, um, but just reiterating that to you so that you... Remember to keep those things in mind during this time. The second article I found about taking care of your immune system is by a journal, I think, that is called Special Report. And the article is called The Care of Fe- the Care and Feeding of Your Immune System. And in this Um, article, it talks about a healthy diet related to your immune system. Maintaining a healthy weight can help um, improve your immune system and a healthy weight for everyone is going to be different. Some people, a healthy weight is going to be heavier than other people and for some people, a healthy weight is going to be lighter than other people. So, you know, this doesn't mean being as skinny as you can or, you know, whatever. A healthy weight, you want to um, you know, just take care of your body. And like I mentioned in other, um, episodes, just like love your body for what it is and really listen to your body. And, you know, if that means being a little bit heavier is healthier, 
you know, for you than what you would, you know, being health or heavier than you would like, you know, you need to listen to your body, especially if you want to be as healthy as possible and keep your immune system in check and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, just being a healthy weight, um, which being a healthy weight, the way it affects your immune system is that it helps lower some chronic inflammation in your body. Like I said, Inflammation is a huge factor related to the immune system, and so by lowering any inflammation that's in your body, that helps to promote good immune function. And then maintaining a healthy diet, this includes fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, healthy unsaturated fats. We all kind of know what a healthy diet should look like, and so yeah, that's another thing. It's just making sure that we're continuing to feed our bodies good food. I think a lot of people kind of went into panic mode and were getting a bunch of things in bulk that could last a long period of time. And while not all of those are bad, um, we definitely need to still be eating our fruits and vegetables and those healthy natural foods and not just, you know, mac and cheese or (laughs) more processed foods. I don't know why that was the food that came to my mind, but, um, So yes, another thing that relates to inflammation and the immunity in this article by the special report, it talks about flavonoids and flavonoids are found in food and so it says in this article, I'll go ahead and just read it that way I'm not just getting something wrong, but it says that Inflammation and the immune function work hand in hand, which I already mentioned. Research has linked a category of plant chemicals called flavonoids to less chronic inflammation. Flavonoids are found in a wide variety of food associated with healthy dietary patterns, including a Mediterranean eating style and blood pressure lowering DASH diet. Rich flavonoid sources include tea, onions, broccoli, parsley, celery, citrus fruits, cocoa, apples, grapes, red wine, dark colored berries, and soy. If inflammation is too high, it can hobble our immune system. Flavonoid-rich foods, wow, I can't read. (laughs) Flavonoid-rich foods, by moderating the inflammation response, could help the immune system to be more effective in fighting infection and other challenges to the body. So yeah, that's another thing to take into consideration, making sure you're getting enough flavonoids by having enough tea, onions, broccoli, parsley, celery, citrus fruits, cocoa, apples, grapes, red wine, and dark colored berries. So yes, that's another thing that maybe you wouldn't know about. And yeah, so that's essentially the one, th- the the biggest thing I found in this article, the biggest takeaway, that was something that I didn't know. Um, you know, obviously, if you're eating just a healthy diet in general, you're probably going to get those, you know, enough flavonoids, but, you know, something else that, you know, you can learn. And then lastly, related to the... Um, immune system. I have an article and it is, I think it might be a magazine. Again, I found these all online. So, but it is called your immune system and it is by health.com. 
And this article talks about your immune system and how it's related to the microbiome in your gut. And so I'll go ahead and just read a little bit from this article. And it says, your gut is linked to your immune system. Actually, about 70% of the cells that make up your immune system are located in the lining of your digestive tract. People don't realize, but your GI tract is one way your body gets rid of toxins. And it says, the best tactic for keeping both your immune system and your digestion in tip-top shape is to eat clean which we just talked about, um, which means filling up on foods that are low in processed sugar and high in fiber, such as whole grains and produce. And then it says, um, this helps foster a healthy microbiome in the gut by promoting the growth growth of friendly bacteria. And then it says, you can also talk to your doctor about taking a probiotic because certain strains like lactobacillus GG help enhance your immunity. So that's another thing. In my undergrad, I did do a research. We had to do research and present it at the end of, you know, this one class. It was the class we had to take to graduate. So I guess you could kind of call it a capstone. And we had to take it in our last semester and we had to do some sort of research. It didn't have to be like a hands-on research It could just be like researching a bunch of articles and taking the information from all those articles and creating a presentation over it. And I actually did mine over the gut microbiome and its its effects on um, our health in general and how to keep your gut microbiome healthy. And I can do a whole nother episode on that if you guys would like me to, because like I said, I've done the research already. I could just go back and reread everything, refresh my mind over it. But keeping a healthy gut microbiome is another way to enhance your immunity. And like I said, it kind of always comes back to the basics that we know, eating healthy foods, Um, eating lots of plants and, um, you know, your fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff, getting enough sleep and getting a little bit of exercise, going outside a little bit, that's going to help keep you the healthiest and keep your immune system working at its tip-top shape. So now getting into a little bit more of the sleep stuff. Like I said, I found the book Sleep Sense, Improve Your Sleep, Improve Your Health, and I actually really like this book. I haven't read the whole thing. I've just read bits and pieces here and there, but it does have a section that lists out the major categories of sleep disorders. This is not to diagnose anyone with a sleep disorder. It's just for you to become aware Um, I thought these were interesting because I didn't even know all these sleep disorders existed. So the first one, it says a sleep-related breathing disorders, and this includes difficulty breathing during sleep. The second is sleep-related movement disorders, which is basically just simple, unwanted, often repetitive movements during sleep. The third is chronic insomnia disorders, which is trouble falling or staying asleep, waking up too early, or not feeling refreshed in the morning despite adequate sleep. Fourth category is hypersomnias. Wow, I'm just struggling today. Hypersomnias, um, which is excessive daytime sleepiness, interfering with day-to-day activities in life. Um, 
The fifth category is parasomnias, which is abnormal behaviors or movements during sleep. And the last one is circadian rhythm sleep-wake disorders, which is where your sleep times are misaligned with the environment. So those are just in brief. I'm not going to go into those anymore. Those are just a handful of things. But then it also has a section, and it's part four on what I can see, but it's the last part of the book, and it is over how it's it's called weaving sleep healthy sleep habits into your life so it's all about ways that we can improve our sleep and some healthy habits that can help us to sleep better and feel more refreshed after um our sleep and I will say it's been kind of difficult. I found all the immune articles super quickly and super easily, but there it took me a lot longer to find an article or in this case a book that really broke it all down. Um, I was looking at different sleep studies and all that kind of stuff and it, it nothing really broke it down to where it was simple for me to relay information to you guys without reading you a full-on sleep study that you guys probably don't care about. Um, So these are just some tips that the book gives. I'm not going to go into super depth with them. Like I said, if you want to read the book yourself, I'll go ahead and put the book in the show notes and you guys can go find the book. Um, it It does seem like a very informational book. And so yeah, you guys can, this maybe will motivate you guys to find a book to read. Now that we have maybe a little bit more time and you might have time to read a book. So the first couple healthy habits and healthy healthy tips for improving your sleep and getting more out of the overall time that you are sleeping involves your environment. And some tips it gives about the environment is to make your bedroom comfortable. So whatever that means to you, I know some people... Um, like firm mattresses, some people like um, softer mattresses, some people like weighted blankets, some people, you know, whatever that means to you, make your bedroom a comfortable place for you to sleep, whatever works best for you. Second is keep it dark. So you don't have to have black, it says you don't have to have blackout curtains, but you want to keep it as dark as possible, which I know for me, that's definitely something I sleep best when it's really dark. I have a tough time with having like a nightlight or something, Um, even in my bathroom, because my bathroom is attached to my bedroom. um, I can't even really have any sort of light. I noticed lately, I don't know if it's been lighter out at night, like when I'm actually sleeping, like if the moon maybe is brighter or if it's less cloudy so then the moon's brighter or if maybe they like adjusted a street lamp close to my house but it has been so much lighter coming through my blinds lately and I've noticed I've struggled with that because it's like almost a little bit too um, light in my bedroom but yeah so making sure that you keep it dark keep your bedroom comfortable for you keep it quiet Um, a lot of times that's kind of tough because things outside your house can be noisy that you can't really change that, but um, you can always put in earplugs. It says, I don't know that I would be able to sleep with earplugs, but try and keep it as quiet as possible 
So that includes like not sleeping with your TV on or not sleeping with like music on or something like that. I know a lot of people like to fall asleep to music, but keeping it quiet really will help improve your sleep. Keeping the room cool. I know I personally sleep way better with the fan on. So that might be a, a way to keep it cool. And this book says that keeping your bedroom between 60 to 65 degrees is optimal. I think that's a little, little on the chilly side for me, but I definitely keep it around like 68, I think, in my um, house. I think that's what it's set at. But so they, they say for sleep, keep it between 60 and 65 degrees, which is 16 to 18 degrees Celsius, if you guys care. But yeah, that is what they say is optimal for sleep. So maybe if you're having a tough time sleeping and it's 70 or so, 70, 72, I know a lot of people keep their house around that temperature. If it's that warm, maybe have your thermostat switch to around 60 to 65 at night. Probably I would say closer to 65 just because, I don't know, 60 seems really cold to me, but 60 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit. And the right bed and bedding for you is another one, which, like I said, some people like firmer, some people like softer. Kind of already talked about, talked about that. But that also, a side note, includes your pillows and your um, blankets. So, like I said, some people like weighted blankets, some people don't. Um, just getting the right stuff for you. Um, whether you like a tall pillow, a firm pillow, you know, memory foam pillow, all those kinds of things. So much can go into it. The next section is your lifestyle and how your lifestyle can affect your sleep and improve your sleep. So it says, first thing is setting the scene. So by setting the scene, it means to like set yourself up for good sleep and like leading up to the time you go to bed talks about later on I know like 90 to 60 minutes before you go to bed is the time window when you want to start really preparing yourself to go to bed so setting the scene is first and that includes a bunch of different stuff but starting about an hour to an hour and a half before you go to bed so Part of that includes keeping your wake times regular and keeping your time that you go to bed regular. So I know that not all of us can go to bed and wake up at the exact same time um, every single day. And a lot of us like to go do stuff on the weekends or go, you know, when you're at a friend's house or something, your your sleep schedule is going to be a little bit different. But it says at that you want to keep it as regular as possible and ideally waking up within a 30-minute time window. So say you normally get up during the week at 7 o'clock. On the weekends, it's okay to sleep in, but try and keep it between, you know, try and wake up still by 7.30. And even though, you know, you're like, oh, I just really want to sleep in, um, keeping it within that 30 minute time window is going to end up benefiting you anyways. You're going to feel better than if you slept in completely. Um, And of course, you have to get adequate enough sleep. Um, We all know you should probably probably be getting around eight hours of sleep a night. And so that doesn't mean 
you know, going to bed at 2 a.m. and getting up at 7, and then on the weekends, getting up at 7.30 when you're still going to bed at 2 a.m. That's still not healthy. This is, if you're sleeping eight hours or right about eight hours, six to eight, try and always wake up around the same time. And if you're going to bed around the same time and waking up around the same time, and that's in a six to eight hour time window, you're going to be fine, but then still not letting yourself sleep in on the weekends. Um, And if, you know, you're completely out of whack, you're at a friend's house, you guys stayed up super late, try and go to, or wake up no later than an hour after your normal time. So ideally, if you're really wanting to get yourself on a good sleep schedule, maximize your sleep 100%, get up within 30 minutes, you know, of, you know, have a 30 minute time chunk that you're always going to get up in. But if worst comes to worst, just try and make it within an hour. You're still that'll still help keep you on the same track. Okay. Next section is getting out of bed. So, this is like what you should do, what your little routine should be when you wake up. You want to make sure to immediately open your curtains, you know, under your blinds so that you get light in and this will help to set your internal clock plus it helps to wake you up whenever you have a little bit of sunlight so waking up when you wake up you want to immediately open your curtains and then during your day so when you wake up you want to wake up around the same time within 30 minutes to 60 minutes um, of the same time period and then During the day, we want to get enough sunlight. So the book talks about um, to help your internal clock keep aligned with the external day. Spend time outside and let the melanopsin in your eyes soak up as much sunlight as it can. So, and then it has a little note. Just don't forget to protect your skin. Yes, make sure you wear sunscreen. But yeah, going outside a little bit. It's never going to hurt you to go spend a little bit of time outdoors. And then eating. So this says that you want to keep a healthy diet. Obviously, talked about this. Keep a healthy diet. And keep your meal times regular, which is something that I do not do at all. But I guess the theme about keeping your, or like improving your sleep is having a full-on day routine. I know for a lot of us, keeping our meal times regular is not realistic, especially, you know, you get going and you don't even realize what time it is, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, I missed lunch, you know, whatever. But I guess just trying to do that as much as possible um, and just keep them as regular as possible, I guess. I don't know. Do your best. <laughs> With all this, just do your best. And that's all you can do. But... And then it also says um, that you need to stay hydrated. That's so beneficial for so much other stuff. That can Im- improve your immune function as well. Just keep yourself hydrated. Make sure you're drinking enough water. It also talks about caffeine and that um, when you drink caffeine, it obviously improves your alertness, but it also increases your cortisol levels. Um, which could be detrimental when it comes to 
how late you're drinking your caffeine. So it says that you don't want to drink any caffeine ideally after 2.30. Obviously, if you need to stay up a little bit later, that can be adjusted. But ideally, if you're wanting to keep on your routine, you don't really want to drink caffeine past 2.30 or at least copious amounts of caffeine. It does say in here, and I didn't realize this, but decaffeinated coffee or tea or whatever still does have some caffeine in it. So I didn't realize that. Um, But yeah, so having, you know, 10 cups of decaffeinated coffee after 2.30 is going to give you some caffeine. So just being aware of that, especially if you're super sensitive. I know some people are super sensitive to caffeine and it like affects them a lot. So those people probably need to be a little bit more cautious of the decaffeinated drinks. But I think, I know for me, I'm not super um, sensitive to caffeine, so it probably won't wouldn't affect me too much. But just realizing if you have... Even if you have a decaffeinated tea right before bed, which I love to do, and I think a lot of people like to do, just have a warm tea right before bed, it still does affect you a little bit. Um, And so, yeah, that is another one. Just be mindful of your caffeine. And that's pretty self-explanatory. I know a lot of us kind of already know to be mindful if you're, if you're really focused on improving your sleep, being mindful of caffeine obviously is one of the first things that we would probably think of. Um, another topic is dealing with your stress. So I know a lot of us can get pretty stressed and especially when things are changing and you know whatever it may be that brings you stress in your day, just taking little breaks to check in with yourself and check in with your stress levels and just really calm, you know, if you're feeling stressed, calm yourself down. Maybe that's when you go for your little walk, go outside a little bit. Just making sure that we're always conscious of how stressed we are and taking the measures that we need to take for ourselves to decrease that stress and keep our stress as low as possible. Um, Because being stressed can affect your sleep. I know for me, if I'm super stressed right before I go to bed, say I'm stressed about a test that I have the next day, I lay down and I'm constantly replaying in my head all the things I need to know for the test and all the things that maybe I feel like I don't know well enough for the test. So just making sure that we deal with the stress that way it's not affecting our sleep and all that kind of stuff. Um, And also when we're stressed, that affects our hormones and whether we even really realize you know that we're that stressed you could go to bed and you're not replaying like what I just said you're not thinking about all the those little things but your hormones are still a little bit out of whack because of the stress you're experiencing and that can affect how you sleep so just making sure that taking we're taking little check-ins with ourselves throughout the day to keep our stress levels as low as we can doing our best to keep our stress levels as low as we can. Um, And then also it talks about naps. So naps aren't always a horrible thing, especially if you're a little bit out of whack. But making sure that we keep our naps um, under 30 minutes, 30 minutes or under, and no later than 3 p.m. 
that way you're able to still stick on your sleep cycle because if we're trying to get up, you know, go to bed at 11 and get up at 7, then if we take a nap at 8, we're not going to be as tired at 11. But if you really need a nap, try and take it before 3 and or no later than 3, I guess, and around 30 minutes or less. I've heard that 15 minutes is a good time for napping. Um, and then another thing it talks about is just doing something that's meaningful to you throughout the day. So doing something, it could be something super simple. It doesn't have to take a lot of time, but just doing something that really fulfills you and is meaningful to you will help again with your um, hormones, which will help with your sleep. Along with that, exercising, like I mentioned with the immune function, exercising and not exercising too much. It also talks about you don't want to exercise within three hours before you go to bed because when you exercise, obviously it increases your internal body temperature a lot and it's better to be cool to be able to sleep. And so it takes a while for your body to cool itself back down to the temperature you need it to be cooled at um, to go to bed and to fall asleep and to have good sleep. So try and exercise at least three hours before you go to bed. I don't know that a lot of people necessarily would have trouble with that, but there are some people who work out pretty late at night. So just trying to work out um, before three hours before bed is optimal. That way we are not too hot when we go to bed. Um, along with what I talked about, keeping your meals regular, um, you don't want to eat too close before bed because you want to make sure that your digestive system isn't like in full swing while you're trying to go to bed. It's another thing that could, um, make it difficult for you to sleep or make your sleep not as, make you not as restful during your sleep, I guess. And the lighting, um, along with that you want to open your blinds immediately when you get up, you want to try and keep yourself on a circadian rhythm that goes with the day and being exposed to blue light, which we all are going to, there's no way of avoiding it. This includes your, you know, phones, laptops, TVs, that kind of stuff. Um, that is increase like increases your um, it makes your body feel like it's still light out. It's just the effect it has. There's nothing we can really do about it. Blue light glasses do help, but still that artificial light does affect our circadian rhythms. So just making sure that three hours before bedtime-ish, try and get off your devices. I know for a lot of us, that's not realistic. I've also heard elsewhere, and I don't know if this is backed by any science or anything, but 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes before going to bed, get off all your electronics. Um, maybe this is a time where you could read. Maybe read this book or something. But yeah, just trying to get off your electronics right before bed. 
I'm a huge culprit of right before bed, I hop in bed, I check through, you know, scroll through Instagram real quick, and then put my phone down and go to bed, try and go to bed. And that probably affects my sleep more than I even know. So, um, yeah, trying to limit that at least 30 minutes. This book says ideally three hours before bed, get off all of those. But like I said, for most people, three hours is quite a long time before going to bed. And a lot of us still have homework to do or whatever. This is our time to, you know, be on our phone or catch up with someone and, you know, text our friends or something because we're busy during the day. So, um, at least 30 minutes, ideally three hours. But next topic is alcohol and cigarettes, which I thought was an interesting thing to include in this book, but I guess it makes a a big difference. Um, It says, moderate your alcohol intake or avoid it altogether. A glass of wine is fine um, with dinner, but if you drink regularly in large amounts, it could have adverse effects on your sleep, or if you're using it as a sleep aid, it can actually have adverse effects on your sleep. And it also says if you smoke, um, make sure that your last cigarette is at least two hours before going to bed. Seems to be a common theme with everything. Two to three hours before bed, that's when you start winding down. Another thing is relaxing. Um, spending time reading, doing whatever relaxes you. Maybe that's when you meditate. It's like meditate right before bed or meditate maybe right when you get up. I know a lot of people like to meditate when they get right up. Um, and then, like I said, preparing for bed about 60 to 90 minutes for sure. Seems to be a lot of things are like two to three hours, but 60 to 90 minutes, for sure 30 minutes. That's when you really need to start winding down. 30 minutes before bed, really start um, focusing on getting yourself ready for bed and not being on electronics, not, you know, exercising, all that kind of stuff. For sure 30 minutes before bed, which isn't, that wouldn't be too hard. But it says about 60 to 90 minutes before going to bed, it may be beneficial to take a warm shower because that does increase your body temperature, but it doesn't increase it as much as like per se working out. Um, It increases your body temperature, temperature just a little bit, which allows your body to cool off, like have to cool itself off, um, which then helps you to sleep. So, yeah, taking an, a shower, a warm shower, about an hour to an hour and a half before bed. Um, okay, lastly, last thing I'm going to talk about, um, it talks about if you wake up a lot in the middle of the night. I know for me, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fall back, back asleep, I work myself up about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm going to be so tired in the morning. I need to be sleeping right now. Why can I not fall back asleep? And that's probably counterproductive. It says to just be gracious with yourself and keep a positive attitude. And if you're awake for two hours in the middle of the night, then you're awake for two hours in the middle of the night. I know one thing my mom used to always say to me is it's better to be laying there resting than to be up doing stuff. So Say you wake up in the middle of the night, it's better that you just lay there and relax and be resting, even though you're not 
totally asleep, you're still giving your body some rest rather than getting yourself all worked up um, that you're not sleeping when you should be sleeping. So, um, yes, those are my tips. Like I said, if you have any more questions, go ahead and reach out to me and we can talk one-on-one about it all. Um, I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope that you were able to maybe learn something um, that would benefit you in whether that is immune function or sleep or whatever. Um, And my quote to end off today's episode or this week's episode is a little progress each day adds up to big results. So be gracious with yourselves. Just do a little bit at a time and, you know, eventually you will get to where you want to be. As long as you're working to better yourself, you will better yourself. I promise. So hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.